Walsh has got it, twigging around. Gee, the tackle was a little high. Collingwood win by four. McComb not quite. Gorn hopeful. Now Jamari Ugalhagen kicks it long. It's got a lot of carry. That's something extraordinary. It's a high five from Jamari. Glory. Just coming back. Hey guys and welcome to the 21st edition of the In The Stand Show. Today we're looking at all my Round 7 AFL reviews and predictions and we're also joined with Jade Mitchell who's fighting on the Joseph Parker vs. Fago Opalu card on May the 24th at Margaret Court Arena. So let's get into the news. The Round 7 AFL season kicked off with St Kilda hosting Port Adelaide at Marvel Stadium and this game was last night. And the game was set to be a thriller before it even started. Two teams with young sides and they're going really well, getting wins under their belts and facing some real hard teams and giving it to them as well. Game kicked off and St. Kilda went on a little bit of a roll, kicking, kicking goals back to back. And then in the second quarter, Port denied their lead and just kicked four or five in a row and really, really gave to St. Kilda. And I think it was a bit of an eye-opener for the Saints because they had no side come to Marvel and really give it to them. And teams like Carlton, um, Essendon, uh, Essendon at the MCG, they beat them at the MCG. But teams like Gold Coast, they really, really give it to them at Marvel. And a team like Port Adelaide, not really used to conditions, but were on a seven-game winning streak at Marvel, probably gave them that inch of confidence to beat the Saints. And they got over the line in the end, Port. And uh, their season looks looking to go really, really well really young side and got key players like uh, Connor Rosie really stepping up in the absence of Tom Jonas. You had Finn Layson filling in in the ruck for a little bit. The team looks really well and especially in their forward 50, you got players like uh, Rioli and um, Dixon, Finn Layson, Ollie Lord had a bit of a run in there for a bit. Real, real good players and they really gave it to St. Kilda's back line and got the job done in the end. And it really, really kickstart their season. And I reckon they're going to be set for finals. And they're looking to be a great side. And St. Kilda probably got to keep their heads up now. They lost to two really good sides. Lost to Collingwood and Port. Two sides that are looking to make the finals. I reckon St. Kilda can keep this run of trends going, winning games. But um, they're going to have to win their next one. And they're going to have to go on a bit of a winning streak if they want to go anywhere in the final series. The next game of round seven is Brisbane hosting Fremantle at the Gabba. And this is two. This is a game where Freo really, really desperately need to win. They come off a loss against the Doggies at their home deck. And Brisbane are just on a real nice winning streak. Getting the jo- job done against GWS. But it wasn't as easy as anyone expected. Only 20-odd points. And... Joey Danaher has really stepped up his game and with also Charlie Cameron stepping up his game. And those two players stepping up their game is just so pivotal 
for the Lions side. They brought in the likes of Josh Dunkley in there. And those three players with Hipwood on top of that, it's just a forward line where I don't think many teams can handle it. They really gave it to Collingwood as well. And a team like Collingwood who have come back last week to get the win over Essendon and a team that are probably looking to be go really far in the top eight um, and the final series. I reckon Brisbane will get the job done against Frio. Frio, I don't know. This year, I don't think it's their year. They're just really tight games. They only got ten, only got the ten point win against Gold Coast and lost to the Doggies at the home deck. I just don't think this is their year, and I think they're really going to struggle. I'm not sure why, but yeah, I just don't think they're going to win today at all. The next game of round seven is the Sydney Derby, and it's the Sydney Swans up against the GWS Giants. This is at the SCG and. Two teams, they're both coming off tough losses. GWS got close to Brisbane, only losing by 20-odd points. And Sydney just got a grand final replay. And it just happened again. They copped another belting. Not at the MCG this time, but at GMHBA Stadium in Geelong. And Sydney just didn't look like they wanted to play at a, against Geelong. And they're going to want to really want to win the Sydney Derby against a GWS side that's going through a rebuild. But... This re- rebuild, I think Adam Kingsley, Kingsley's doing really well. They're getting real close into games and winning some games as well. Coming close up against teams like Brisbane and having players like Brent Daniels step up, it's really pivotal for that side. And I think they're going to give Sydney a run for their money. I'm not going to be surprised if GWS get the win over Sydney, but my tip will be Sydney for the win. The next game today is... The Western Bulldogs hosting the Hawthorne Hawks at Marble Stadium. I'll be there. I reckon this is going to be a great game. Two sides that haven't been really into this season. Hawthorne have been on a real losing streak. And the last two games have lost by three-odd points. And it's really tough for especially a Hawthorne team. A young team with lots of debutants just rolling in. Trying to help the side out. They just can't, can't get a win. And... The Doggies, they got the job done against Frio last week at Optus, and I think they're going to get the job done today. I think they're going to get it done pretty easily. They're going to have players like Aaron Norton really step up, and I reckon Rory Lobb's going to do a real good job against Hawthorne's backline. I reckon the Doggies will get up by 50-odd points, um, and again, I think the Doggies are going to continue their run of winning streak, and I think they're going to progress their way up into their top eight that they want to be in. Saturday night, it's going to be Melbourne against North Melbourne at the MCG. I think Melbourne are just going to run all over North. North are missing LDU this game, and Luke Davies Uniac is a player that is really helping out North's side, and he's been their main player, I reckon, throughout this year. After North's two wins on the trot, the start of the season, their season has just come tumbling down. Getting pumped by Gold Coast and teams that they should really be competing with. I think Melbourne are just going to run away with it completely. Melbourne, just a really strong side. And and getting this job done over Richmond on Anzac Eve will give them a lot of confidence coming to this game. And I think they're going to get the job done by 70 points. Um, And I reckon... Bailey Fritz is going to really step up, and Van Ruin's going to kick four goals as well. The second game on Saturday night is the West Coast Eagles 
hosting Carlton at Optus Stadium. Two teams coming off losses, and I think Carlton are going to have to step up this game. They need a win, and they really need to step up their style of footy because it didn't work at all against St Kilda. I think they're going to get the job done by 30-odd points. West Coast really stayed in the game against Port Adelaide um, and, and gave them a run for their money. Players like Jai Cully just stepped up and took his footy to the next level. And I think that's what West Coast need if they want to stand a chance at all tonight. I think they can really stand a chance against Carlton. And they're going to really have to lay pressure on the Blues side and have to shut down Kerno and Mackay because that's their main goal scorers. And I think it's going to be a good game of footy, but I think Carlton, Carlton are going to get the job done. The first Sunday game is Essendon hosting Geelong. I think this game's going to be really good. Two sides that play some real good footy. I think Geelong will get the job done in this game. But Essendon have got some real firepower in their team. They really stuck it on Collingwood for the first three quarters. And the Pies couldn't really handle their pressure. But then the last quarter, they just got outrun. And I think that's probably their issue. It's probably maybe their stamina and conditioning. And against a side like Geelong, they know how to play four quarters. They won the grand final last year. They're going to really have to step up if they want to stand a chance at all. You're going to have to shut down Tom Hawkins and Jeremy Cameron as well. I think Geelong are going to get the job done, but I think we can see some real firepower from Essendon in this game. The next game of Round 7 is Richmond hosting the Gold Coast Suns. This game's at Marble Stadium, and I think this game's going to be really tough for Richmond to get the job over the line. Gold Coast have played twice already this season at Etihad, and... They've struggled there, losing both of those games, but they're used to the conditions. Richmond always struggle at Marvel. They can't win there. I think it's going to be a close game. I think Richmond are going to get the job done, but I do believe Gold Coast is going to give them a run for their money. The last game of Round 7 is Adelaide hosting Collingwood. This game is an absolute thriller, and I think many people will be tuned into it. Two good sides, two sides coming off big wins. I think Collingwood will get the job done here. We've we've got Scott Pendlebury out already, and injuries are starting to hurt us. But the comeback against Essendon is just incredible, and I think we've got that power in the team to really push Adelaide. We beat St Kilda over at Adelaide Oval, but it's Adelaide's home deck. They're great side, and they know how to work that oval really well. And against Collingwood with injuries, I think think they're really going to give us a run for our money. I think Collingwood will get the win, but Adelaide's really going to pressure us. That wraps up all my AFL Round 7 reviews and predictions. So thank you for listening to the In The Sand Show. I'll catch you after the break. This is Mindy Mong Wong. You're listening to Radio Karam. Don't worry. 
about a thing. Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright. Don't worry about a thing. Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright. If you got a tummy ache or you don't feel right. Or if you have a nasty rash keeping you up at night. Don't worry, don't worry about a thing. Don't worry. Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright. Come on, Freddy's Kitchen in Station Street for a coffee and something nice to eat. Yeah, the pizzas are great. In fact, all the food rates down at Freddy's Caram Station Street. Come on, come on, come on, down to Freddy's now. Come on, come on, come on, down to Freddy's now. It's a pizza. It's a mystic pizza. Hi, I'm Josie from Space Folk, and when I want to stay groovy, I listen to Radio Caram. Hey there, this is Dean Wareham from Galaxy 500. Tune in to my friend Tor Larson's psychedelic show, Sunrise on Super 8. That's Saturday mornings from 9 to midday on Radio Carom, local community radio. Welcome back to the Indescent Show. And now we're joined with Vicious Boxer from Victoria and he's fighting next month, Jade Mitchell. So first of all, Jade, how are you going? Going very well, thanks, Alex. Um, I'm excited to be fighting back in Melbourne, mate. It's been over three years since I've fought, uh, fought in my hometown, so I'm very, very happy to finally be in Melbourne, and uh, Margaret Court's a great little arena, so it's going to be good fun, man. Yep, yep. So on May the 24th, you face up against a young and undefeated Max Reeves. How do you think you're going to go? Um, look, I, I said this at the press conference. I wasn't actually very happy at all with this fight when it was first put forward to me. Um, it's not. A, I'm only two fights removed from being a former world champion, headlining my own Fox Sports show, but I realise that's three years ago. Um, everybody else who got offered the fight with me wanted too much money um, or just didn't want the fight. So the young fellow has put his hand up. This is a massive step up for him, and I know that he'll have that electricity thrown through, flowing through his veins every morning when he wakes up. He's, this is the biggest fight of his career. Yeah. So I've got a young, hungry Victorian champion um, who wants my head on a stake, young fella. So I, um, I'm very, very motivated to deny this young man and move on to what's the biggest super middleweight fight in Australia, which is me versus Raul Murdoch. Yeah, yeah. So you're on a really stacked uh, fight card coming up and you're fighting in your home state with home support. How does it feel getting a fight on your home stage in front of your friends and family? 
That is great. That's great. I the support I receive time in, time out, um, from everyone, especially down here on the peninsula. Um, mate, when I fight, it's not just me who fights, it's the whole peninsula, they're right behind me, man. It's it's um it's a really cool feeling. It's a hard hard feeling to put into put into put into words for you there, Alex, but um it's it's just it's special, man. It's special. It mean, means so much to me the support of the support I've gotten o- over the years. Like, um, and it's been unwavering as well. I've had uh, a few ups and downs, and and uh, COVID and injuries and all sorts of stuff. But I've always had such great backing by friends, family, fans, and just supporters, and um, just the whole boxing community. I I really I really get along with everyone. So it's, mm. it's been great throughout my career. Yeah, so we're just under a month away from your fight. How's your preparation been so far? It's been good, mate. It's been really good. Um, it's been really, really good. I had I've had the change a change in um, in in uh, teams and my coach. My father's been my coach for I've been fighting for twenty two years now, so it's a long time. Um, so long before you were born, young fella. But I um I've been fighting for twenty two years now. And it's always just been me and my father. That was a bit of pill to swallow. Um, but dad just said at the start of the year, he said, look, mate, I don't think I can give you what you need anymore. Um, plus, I want to be playing a bit more golf and uh, and chilling out a bit more. So yeah. it, was, it was a bit of pill to swallow at the time. But the move's been great, mate, because I've, I've now got um, – I've now it's a fresh start. Like I said, I've been doing this 22 years, so it's, it's a long time. So change is as good as a holiday. And the team that I'm with is just full of young, hungry fighters. And as soon as I got to that gym, everyone just wanted to get their hands on me, um, being the experienced fighter that I am. Um, yeah. And all these young fellas, they push me. They push me and they're hungry and they just live for the sport. They love it. And it sort of, I don't know, it sort of ignited a little bit of, just ignited a little bit of passion in, in the sport for me again. Like it, it's sort of, I feel reinvigorated being around all yeah. these young killers day in, day out. And, um, and I try to lead by example as best I can because I've been there and I've done it. And I'm really, really happy with the move and I'm really, really happy with how this camp has gone. I've It hasn't felt like a chore at all, which which over the years, like some, some of the fights have, they have felt like a chore getting ready for these fights, but this one not at all. Because it's the, the fight camp, if you want to fight at a, at a, at a, at a real, at a high level, Fight camp is a grueling process. It is. It, you have to eat it, sleep it, live it, breathe it, and there's so much dedication. And especially with me, because um, I'm a fat boy at heart. There's a giant fat man inside of me just dying to get out. Um, yeah. I really have to work to uh, to get the weight off and and get myself into top shape. So, but the change has been good. I feel reinvigorated. This camp's been fun. Yeah, so you mentioned just before and at the press conference a couple of days ago that you're really interested in the fight with Rowan Murdoch. Do you think that fight's going to get done? And if so, do you reckon you're going to get the win? Um, the win against Rowan? Yeah, if, well, look, if mate, it happens. This, this, this is what excites me the most. That fight is a genuine 50-50 fight um, mm. and it's whoever rocks up on the night. And the thing is, is... Right now, like this this fight that I'm going into now, I I no doubt I'm going to come into this fight as a favourite. I've done so much more than Max. I've been fighting for as long as this dude's been alive. Um, <laughs> I've done so much more than Max. Um, Max has got a lot to prove, and, and I know he's gonna he's gonna have a fire inside of him. And if he beats me, he thinks he's gonna go on to bigger and better things. But at this stage of Max's career, you don't lose, you learn. And fighting a fighter like me is going to be great for Max. But 
I should deny that young man and I'll be a favourite. But for the Ron Murdoch fight, um, I will not be a favourite. I, I don't think I'll be a I, look, I might be a I might it'll be pretty even money, I should imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've both we've both achieved similar similar sort of things. We've beaten former world champions. I think I've had a few more title fights and I may have beaten a few more world rated fighters than him, but he he's actually been all made it all the way to number one in the world at one stage. Yeah. Um so We've, we've sort of mirrored each other along through our careers um, and now we finally meet. And see, this, this is what excites me. This is what I will miss the most about boxing when it's gone is, and I said about young Maxi, he wakes up that electricity in his veins. Mm-hmm. As soon as that fight is signed with Rowan, that electricity will be running through my veins and I'll wake yep. up every morning and fear that Rowan Murdoch's going to take my shoulders, my head off my shoulders on live TV. Yep. And there's, I know it sounds crazy, <laughs> But that's what I love about being a fighter, and that's what I love about the challenge, and just to have a real tried, tried, tried and true, and proven world, world rated, world class fighter like Ron Murdoch, um, yep. there for me to fight. And Ron probably feels the same way about me. It's, it's. Um, I know there's a lot of respect between the two of us, but we're both fierce competitors, and I think whoever rocks up on the night is going to win that fight. Um, I know Rowan's never fought anyone like me, mm-hmm. and I probably haven't fought anyone like Rowan. He's a really, really aggressive, fast, fast hands boxer. Um, yeah. I've usually had success with the world class guys. I've had success with bangers. Rowan is not that. He's a fast counter boxer. He's aggressive. Um, he's in your face, but he's also very good at countering. Um, good lateral movement as well. So, it's a tough fight. But that's that's what I want, man. That's I yeah. that's I I love I love it and I live for that. That's what that's what I want. And then a win over Rome will put me back in the top ten in the world and then we're off to the races. We're gonna mm-hmm. get some big fights and then I'm back where back where I left off um before yep. COVID. Yeah, so last October you came up against really high profile Aussie Mark Smith. You got the win. Uh, How do you think you went? Um, to be honest with you, mate, I thought that fight was garbage. And I even said so to Mark after it because um I, I am, I'm, to describe myself, I'm a, a really good, really good counter boxer, but I will fight my opponent off, off the back foot. There's me- very, very few fighters even in world boxing who move as much as I do and who will attack an opponent off their back foot all night. It's actually really, really hard to do. And it's a strange style that I, that I bring to the ring. And it's a, I know it's a hard tactic to employ, I suppose. It's not what, why many people do it. So Mark's whole idea in that fight was to try and draw a counter out of me. Now I'm falling over my feet to try and find Mark. I wanted to Mark 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 Lucas has been a very um he's he's pretty seasoned. He's been around as an amateur, he traveled the world for with Team Australia and Commonwealth Games representative. The guy can box, but um I wanted him to meet me in the middle of the ring and we're gonna punch a suitcase out of each other for six rounds and ha- and really, really put on a show for T V, but Mark had other ideas. He didn't want to engage me. Um, he was trying to draw counters the whole night, the the, um, the entire night. So I'm falling on my feet trying to get to him. And because he wouldn't engage me, I, th- I thought that made for a really crap fight. Um, but that's the way I felt because I, I, I'd been out of the ring for so long and I really wanted to put on a good show. And I just felt that Mark wouldn't engage me. Now, you cannot win a six-round fight if you don't engage your opponent. So I felt that, it was a very clear win for myself. 
But um, it wasn't until I got to hospital after the fight and I watched the replay on KO Sports and uh, with a bit of blood and guts and whatnot because mm. there's plenty of blood in that fight. Yeah. It actually was a little bit more entertaining than, than, I, than I felt because usually you, in my fights, usually I'm throwing thousands of punches um, mm. and I was literally falling over my feet looking for Mark Lucas. So I don't think it was my greatest performance, but I really don't think I had a willing dance partner that night. And Mark is actually a skillful enough boxer so if he didn't want to engage her, he wasn't going to engage her. So that was it was a real shame. Um, I felt like a spoiled little bat after it, like mm, like fucking had the shits on because the fight was crap. But um, it wasn't it wasn't that bad when I watched in the replay. So it was good to blow the cobwebs out. Um, I believe young Maxi. I don't know. I don't think he's fast enough or slick enough to try and draw a counter out of me. Yeah. Um. So I believe the fight with Max will be entertaining because that kid's going to try and he's, – he's a bit bigger than me, um, bigger, younger. He's going to think he's fitter. He's going to think it's his time and um, he's going to try to put it on the old boy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to beat him up when he does. <laughs> yeah. so, yeah. This is going to be, going to be more, more entertaining. Yeah, yeah. So last question today. You fought 23 fights in your career. Next month you make it 24. What's been your favourite fight? Um, early in my career, I think I was 10 and 1, I travelled to Japan to face number 14 in the world, Shintaro Matsumoto, mm. and was like a massive outsider, but I knew different. Um, I bet the hell out of that man. I stopped him in the 10th round and then went to the scorecards and I thought I was going to get ripped off. Yeah. I won every, single, won every single round on every scorecard except for one judge, one round on one scorecard. And that was cool. That sort of... That was cool because I went and I went and took a title off a champion in his backyard who was world rated when I was so young in the tooth, um, and that's what Max is going to be trying to do now. Not like I'm not world rated, but um, he's young in the tooth and he's stepping up. So I know what that feels like. I know how excited he's going to be. That was huge. But then also I would say probably my win over um, former WBA world champion Stanislav Kashinov of Russia. I headlined the first Fox Sports show in Melbourne. In in well, quite a few years, and that 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 was awesome. That was that, just ten rounds of just beating the hell out of each other, or me yep. beating the hell out of him, and him just yep. coming forward trying to take my head off my shoulders. That was that was entertaining. It was exciting, and it was just a a meaningful fight. It showed everyone that I well and truly belonged in the top ten in the world because. Some fighters, some fighters will find themselves in the ratings and they don't, they don't belong there. But that really solidified me as one of the better super middleweights um, in the world. Yeah, was good. Yeah. So that wraps up all the questions. So thank you, Jay, for joining me today. I really appreciate it, and I wish you the best of luck in your upcoming fight. No stress, Alex. That was a bloody good interview around there, mate. Thank you. That wraps up the In the Sand show for this week. So thank you for listening to the In the Sand show. I'll catch you next week. Walsh has got it, twigging around. Gee, the tackle was a little high. Coming with win by four. McComb not quite. Gorn hopeful. Now Jamari Ugalhagen kicks it long. It's got a lot of carry. That's something extraordinary.